right. Welcome, everybody. Happy Sunday. So thankful uh, that you're present. Just want you to know in reference to that song, that reference to the eagles means nothing <laughs> with what you're thinking about. Hey, yesterday, yesterday, we, um, we hosted, the seniors ministry at the Crossing hosted a veterans breakfast, and it was so good, so well attended, and about 35 vets just, uh, you know, call attention to and honor and, you know, celebrate, so that yesterday morning was just so fun. Now, my son Stephen uh, got to be the keynote speaker yesterday, and he um, has served, uh, he's a veteran, he served six years in the United States Air Force, and it just did my heart good to hear him and connect uh, in a powerful way, so. Uh, that was really cool. Hey, just to give you a heads up on some things happening the week ahead, uh, if you're brand new and have never come to First Steps, I would love to invite you to come to First Steps. It's this Tuesday, um, 6 to 8, one time, two-hour event, kind of help you with connection, know about who we are as a church family. If you've never been, love to have you to this Tuesday uh, for that. Uh, this coming Friday, some of you would be aware, Bernie Spangler, his uh, funeral service is going to be 1 o'clock right here in the auditorium. Uh, this coming Friday, remind you of that. And guys, uh, at the crossing, uh, the summit, this coming Saturday, the summit, I'd love for you to, you know, come and be a part of it. Registration starts at 9, 9.30, the program, pretty much all through the day. It's all about connection, inspiration, and challenge. Uh, really want to encourage you to be here. In fact, I would love for, even right now, you could just text Men's Summit. It's going to let, you know, uh, let us know you're coming. 833-337-9054. Uh, it's just a form that says, yes, I'm coming, and a couple things. Uh, love for you to do that, be here. It's going to be a fun day next Saturday. And if I could ask you to add to your prayer list for the Lord's provision of our uh, worship leader, right? A worship minister for us. And I would love for you to ramp up that prayer and uh, for him to provide sooner than later. Thank you. Who? I don't know about you, but the longer I live in this world, the more sick of it I become. Anybody else? Anybody else feel me? You know, whew. Just this past month, honestly, it's just been so heavy. And, and I feel like everybody I talk to says the same thing. Like, what's going on? Like every, every, every corner you turn, someone's struggling. Somebody's hurting. Somebody else being rushed to the ER. Another death in the family. Another cancer diagnosis. Another marriage in danger. Another disappointing text. Another... It's getting to the point, I like, I'm starting to hate when my phone dings. You, you been there? I mean, especially like early in the morning or late at night, what, is, what now? Heavy. And I really think the longer I live in this world, the more I'm, I'm getting sick of it. 
this past Tuesday, we were preparing for an elders meeting here at the church, and it was Tuesday evening, and I got there early and set things up, and Adam is the next one to come in, and he comes in and just plops himself down on the chair and, and with a, <sighs> like, what's up? I just don't like today. And I'm like, that's exactly how I feel. In fact, I'm like, I think I don't like this week. And then I suggested, Adam, how about we skip the meeting, go for pizza and call it a day? We're on the way out and Austin's on the way in and that was awkward, so we stayed for the meeting. If you have sensed an increase in your own life of heaviness and frustration and disappointment and maybe even coming to the conclusion there's got to be something better than this. Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord because you know what? You, every one of us know down deep this is not our home. And I want to say, if your frustration has been on the increase, praise the Lord, because it just is a sign that you're homesick. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, and man, did I need this one this week. Proverbs 3, Philippians 3, 20, Proverbs. Now you can, you know, two them. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen? Amen? Our citizenship is in heaven. It's not here. We don't belong here. This is not our home. We're just passing through, right? But there lies the problem. Yeah, we can't wait to His return. We're, we're longing for our heavenly home, right? But here's the problem. In the meantime, we're stuck here. In this foreign territory of this world. And we have to do it homesick. So here's the question. How do we make it? How do we, how do we, how do, we do it? How do we survive in this world when we are longing for the next? Well, if Paul is right and our citizenship is in heaven, then he's going to suggest that we live like we belong there. We ought not be living like we belong here. Amen? Let's live like we belong there. Not, let's not show signs that we belong here. That's what he says. So what does that look like? Well, I want to suggest what it looks like is the Jesus way. Well, you and I ought to just be living out the Jesus way. Paul was so well-versed with the Jesus way. He, I, love, I love what we're going to do today. He, he was so well-versed in the Jesus way. He writes to us and he tells us what it looks like. And he boils it down to two things. Two simple things. Powerful things. Only two things. And that's where we're headed today. What the, what the Jesus way looks like here while we're so longing for up there. Philippians chapter 3, 12 through 14, just a few verses before him saying our citizenship is in heaven. Listen to this. 
Paul writes, and I'm so, I'm so thankful for what he's going to tell us today. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The word of the Lord. I love what he just did. So powerful. In fact, the the verse I want us to linger on today is verse 13. And here's what he says. um, This one thing I do, and I think it's a little funny because then he tells us two things. Paul says, this one thing I do, and then he tells us two things, and he boils it down for us. This is so powerful, so simple, so powerful. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. That's the Jesus way. That's how we live it out down here, longing for up there. Forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead. In fact, I'd like to encourage you to memorize that one. I'm going to make it easy for you to memorize it, because here's what Paul's saying. Forget what is behind and forge toward what is ahead. Forget what is behind and forge toward what is ahead. This past week, Austin was like writing this down. He's like, well, that's convenient. Uh, You know, forget and then just drop the T. (laughs) Forget what is behind and forge toward what is ahead. I love that. Forget. The first thing the Apostle Paul would say, if you want to live out the Jesus way, is forget. I got to ask. Any of you feel like you've just been forgetting a lot of things here lately? <laughs> I mean, some, of, some people are labeling a brain fog or, you know, there's even a COVID brain. You got COVID brain, right? Um, some, uh, you know, excuse could be just getting older. I tell you what, I walked into my garage three times this week wondering why am I in here? <laughs> What's going on? And Paul comes alongside and says, I'm a forgetter. And one of the best things you can do is to forget. Give yourself permission to to forget. It's so healthy for you and I to forget. Just forget about it. Now, that sounds so wrong, but feels so right. Amen? Amen. What should we forget? Paul, what would you suggest are the things we ought to forget? Let me share share three biggies with you. (coughs) Number one, the Apostle Paul would say, you and I need to forget our shame. You and I need to just forget about it when it comes to shame. Forget about your shame. Do you remember way, do you remember way back in the Garden of Eden, Genesis chapter 2, Genesis chapter 2, the last verse, it concludes this way, Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Adam says, you know that's my life verse, right? 
Yes, I do. But that, we're not talking about you. Adam, you know, way back in the Adam and Eve, you know, they were both naked and felt no shame. Now let's think about this. Think about this. Before sin entered the picture, they were totally transparent, totally honest. There were like no secrets and no shame. You know that's how life is supposed to be lived. But I know a whole lot of people who live their life out of shame. And shame, the devil uses shame to hold you down and to hold you back. Listen, guilt and shame, well, they make for a great classroom, but it makes for a horrible prison. You see, we can learn from our mistakes. And guilt is all about, hey, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. Guilt, I made a mistake. You know what shame says? I am a mistake. That's a horrible prison. No. No, no, no. And our enemy loves this. Our enemy loves it when we get stuck in shame. Because our enemy wants you to... Use your sin to be your identity. The devil, our enemy, loves it when we become our sin and use our sin as our identity. No, 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 no. And we are horrible about this. We're absolutely horrible with this. We don't refer to her as the woman Jesus forgave. We refer to her as the woman caught in adultery. We don't refer to him as the son who returned home and received forgiveness. We refer to him as the what? Prodigal. We do not refer to him as the one who went on the mission field and preached the gospel and died for the faith. Thomas, we call him what? That is so unchristian. We take the worst moment in someone's life and we slap that label on them for the rest of their life? That's not cool. That's not cool. And that is so unchristian. And you know what the devil does to us? He allows that abortion, that adultery, that bankruptcy, that divorce, that thing that a thousand times you wish you could take back. And he tries to get that to think that's who we are. No. No. That's not the Jesus way. And that's not how the Lord sees us. And that is definitely not where he wants you to stay. I love Titus 3.5. He saved us. He redeemed us. He saved us. Not because of the righteous things we have done, but because of his own mercy. He saved us, look at this, through the washing and rebirth and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, can I remind you, church family, can I remind you today that he washed us, he cleansed us, he forgave us, he freed us. Forget about it. Forget about that shame. He did. Number two, I think Paul would say to us today, you need to forget about your fear. I mean, think about it. 
with Jesus Christ at the helm of our lives? Of all the people in the world, with Jesus Christ at the helm of our lives, you and I should be immune to fear and worry and anxiety, shouldn't we? What is happening? All right, I need you to self-assess, all right? I'm going to ask you four questions. I want you to use the questions to help you self-assess. Number one, are you laughing less these days than you used to? Number two, the people who really know you well, would they describe you as becoming increasingly negative and critical? Number three, most days would you rather just stay in bed than get up? Number four, if given the choice, would you avoid all human interaction and just isolate yourself? If you said yes to most of those questions, I need to introduce you to someone. Rather, I need to introduce you to a Bible passage. The next chapter, Philippians chapter 4. Listen to this. We need this reminder. Rejoice in the Lord always. Hey, brothers and sisters, those who follow Christ, those who are walking with Christ, rejoice in the Lord always. And I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Hey, if you're walking with Jesus, he's right there with you. He is so close. And if you struggle with fear today, hey, would you listen to this prescription? Look at the next verse. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If you're struggling with a lot of fear in your life, a lot of worry, a lot of anxiety, would you just linger there? Would you linger in Philippians 3 and chapter 4 this next week? Just meditate, linger, spend a lot of time. There's a prescription there. And really, you're going to come to the conclusion that the Lord would say through the Apostle Paul, forget about it. Forget about your shame. Forget about your fear. And one more. The Apostle Paul would tell us today, forget about your resentments. You know what resentment is. It's that lingering anger in your heart against somebody. Forget about it. That lingering anger in your heart about an organization or about a situation. Forget about it. Now, every one of us, every one of us in this room have been hurt by somebody else. But when you hold on to that hurt, it only hurts you. So Paul says, forget about it. Now, if presently you are harboring some anger, some hurt against somebody, would you listen to this? Ephesians chapter 4 says this. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in God, 
Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Release it. Release yourself. Be a forgetter. Be a forgetter and forget about your shame. Behind, forget about fear. Forget about your resentment. Forget about it. Now, if you're here today and one of those three topics are really weighing heavy on your soul and you, you're to the point that you don't know what to do, you need help, you need some extra help, hey, can I encourage you to have somebody today be praying about that? In fact, when we dismiss, be lining up here to our prayer team. They would love to meet you and connect with you and hear your story and be in prayer for you. They would love to do that. Forget about it. So the Apostle Paul said, tells us, hey, forget what is behind. And what was that word? Forge. Forge toward what is ahead. I think my conclusion that it, you and I are to be forging ahead toward one thing. Together, we ought to be forging ahead in hope. In hope. Listen, we do not grieve like the rest of this world grieves. We have hope. We have hope. I want you to listen to this text. I don't have it on the screen. Um, I just want you to breathe this in. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed. Talking about this. We know that if this earthly tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Oh. Meanwhile, we groan. Longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan in our burden because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling so that what is mortal may be swallowed up in life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God himself who has given us the spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Did you hear what just happened? He was acknowledging the two kingdoms. He was acknowledging the two worlds. He was, he was reminding us, oh, there's an up there, down here. There's a down here, there's an up there. And what this world most needs is a witness and testimony of hope. Don't lose hope. We have hope. And, and listen, don't be frustrated. Don't get frustrated when people keep telling you, this world's a mess, this world's a mess. Oh man, this world's a mess. When has it not been? You hold on to hope. And in this world of pain and hope, or pain and hurt, a watching world needs to see us 
coping with that pain and hurt with a peace and a joy and a hope beyond understanding. Amen? Our world needs us forging in hope. One more passage for you. Listen to this one. Paul knew. Paul knew there would be days you'd come at the end of the day and you would exclaim, I just don't like today. Romans 8. We know that the whole creation, all of creation, has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies, for in this hope we are saved. Isn't that good? Oh, in this world, we're going to groan. I'm pretty sure tomorrow's Monday. You know what Mondays are like, and you're going to groan. But the Bible reminds us you and I need to be groaning for the glory of God. Groaning for the glory of God. Because this is not all there is. It gets better, amen? Amen. And we have to hold that out. A watching world, a hurting world needs that. We need that. It gets better. And, and, And what gets better? I'll tell you, he's coming back. Jesus is coming back for us and he's going to gather us and he's going to take us to be with him and we're going to be able to enjoy him and each other forever without any pain, without any frustration, without any burdens, forever. Amen? Amen. Come Lord Jesus.